When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your more pitching podcast from PitchList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 24th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I have to go very quickly today. I apologize in advance. Kenta Maeda, five innings of zero and run ball. He did great. Really good splitter here. That was a big difference. I still want to see a little bit more from the slider, but we feel good about this, and we start him against the Orioles and the Royals next. I uh, really Depends on that slider coming to fruition, I think, in the future. But seeing the splitter that he didn't have in 2021 is really, really cool. Hazel Lazardo got a golden goal and did not get all the bad luck that we've seen before, as he has a 3.86 ERA, a 103 whip, and a 29% strikeout rate across his last nine games since May 9th. Wonderful to see that. Wade Miley did well as a Toby against the Guardians, got the win. Nothing too much here. Um, just understand that he's going a little bit harder. Trina McAtoby, he gets the Mets next, and there's a chance he does well there, but it was just 67 pitches as he went six shutout here in 3Ks. So I, I'm a little worried that that will be a little bit worse, but solid command here, and that's cool. Clark Schmidt against the Rangers, 5.1 innings, zero and run, six hits, one walk, 3Ks. Against the Rangers, he got the gold star for this. We saw sliders and curveballs with a lot of usage. Just 20% fastballs is great, and that's the ticket for me for Schmidt. That said, he isn't electric. He doesn't really have that big whiff pitch, so I'm not really the biggest fan moving forward. I think of him as a Toby as opposed to like, oh man, you got to get Clark Schmidt like I was with Garrett Whitlock and with Braxton Garrett. Luis Ortiz against the Marlins, eight innings, one run, seven hits, two walks, five Ks. Solid here. This is great. This was against Miami. Got the win. I just see him as a streaming option, and with the Padres, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks next, I don't feel like you need to hold on to him for what would happen after. It's just not really that great of a fastball slider combination. Logan Gilbert against the Orioles, seven innings, one earned run in five Ks, got the win against the Orioles. Splitter went just 24% CSW, but did get some whiffs on it. The slider was really the hero here at a 30%, 37% CSW, and the curve did learn a lot of strikes as well, and that really helped because the four-seamer just had one whiff, and we've kind of seen this weird season from Gilbert of like, yeah, a lot of strength with the splitter, but the four-seamer isn't dominating, and and I think that it should be better moving forward. Um, and look, seven innings, one earned run, two hits, one walk, five Ks. There's no complaints here. But as far as the performance from his actual stuff in Arsenal, a little strange to see the four-seamer and splitter not as overall effective. But really nice to see those breakers come in for Logan Gilbert. Joe Musgrove against the Nationals got the win. Seven innings, one earned run, six hits, zero walks, and seven Ks. A wonderful parting gift for me as I just traded Joe Musgrove for Sandy Alcantara. That is true. I did this in the Legacy League uh, with Rick Graham. It's one of those games, one of those where it's like, you know what? He's done with Sandy. He wants something that's working out. And I just want to have Sandy Alcantara. I really think that the second half is going to be much better for him. Why am I selling Joe Musgrove? Well, this was really nice. I sold him before this game happened. It was going to process today anyway. But what we did see here still has those concerns. What are the concerns? Well, it's not the curveball. The curveball is actually really good here. 78% strike rate. The cutter was fine. It was actually more of his, hey, I need something here that isn't a fastball. And that's what he turned to with the cutter. And the four-seamer was able to sneak in because of these things for a 32% called strike rate. That's good. I'm not really actually worried about the elbow pain. It seems like it was a thing that was going on for a moment and not really an actual thing that's going to 
uh, continue through the year. The actual concern I have is he doesn't really have a whiff pitch right now. The changeup did go 5 for 20 whiffs, which is good. I don't think that's a reliable thing for him. And it's because the slider that really defined Joe Musgrove. Slider first, curveball second was really the thing, and that's just not it. The shape of it isn't very good. He threw it just a few times here, six times overall across 90 pitches. And Joe Musgrove, to me, seems more like a Toby maybe even a Holly of like a 22% strikeout rate, as opposed to the potential guy going 27, 28% strikeouts. And because of that, I think it opens the door for more volatility and not overall dominance. While to me, I think Sandy Alcantara can really have that game-shifting second half. So that's kind of how it is for Musgrove. Also, I'm a little bit concerned about the whole uh, nature of just this season being really tumultuous. Um, uh, keep in mind, by the way, I have a breaking news about uh, Nathan Eovaldi from Evan Grant, who covers the Rangers on the beat, uh, that Nathan Eovaldi is not going to start tomorrow. It's going to be Andrew Heaney instead. They're going to give him an extra day of rest. So we'll talk about that in a second when I go to um, today and tomorrow starting pitchers. Brian Bayo against the White Sox, 6.2 innings, one earned run. Did not see the slider come alive as I wanted, but he did well enough with the sinker and the changeup as he had to take uh, down on everything, but that's fine. Uh, and he gets the Marlins next, and that's great. Tama Walker is an absolute enigma to me. Six innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and five Ks. He's back down to 93. Sputter usage is still high. Now it's the Cubs, so I guess we go for that, but it's weird. Uh, Lucas Giolito did wonderful things against the Red Sox for 10 strikeouts, 94 mile per hour, four seamers. Is everything that you want to see in 11 out of 37 slider whiffs is great. I do want to see the changeup be better than what it was. It was a 20% CSW. I don't love that and a 50% strike rate, but to see such a good slider and 51% CSW and 94 as opposed to 93 is everything for the fastball. Just keep that, please. Dane Dunning did really well against the Yankees. Could have said that was a gold star as well, um, as it was against uh, Clark Schmidt. I think he got away with this one. A lot of stuff in the middle that was just not very good. He doesn't have electric stuff, and maybe he goes does well against the Tigers. But the thing is, guys with good matchups doing well against bad teams, it's more about, hey, you your stuff that isn't going to dominate other teams could dominate this one. Or it's an opening of the door for those who... You know, there's a chance that he can actually get through it because the Tigers aren't very good. I'm going to do the reverse, where... He opens the door for the Tigers to do well against himself, right? Dane Dunning isn't that great of a pitcher, but hey, that could work out as a stream. I'm at Sheehan against the Astros. Really surprised us with six innings, two earned runs, three hits, two walks, and four Ks. That's a very, very solid outing with a win. I still consider him Brady Singer um, plus because it is a four-seamer and slider combination, the four-seamer with a lot of lateral movement. Maybe not as much as Brady Singer's sinker, but still, I think, with the same kind of idea, though it did get six whiffs in this one, a little bit more than I expected. That said, 26% CSW and 30% CSW on the slider, with just three changeups thrown. I do wonder if the slider will get better for Sheen. So right now, I think Brady Singer, but just a slightly better fastball and a slightly worse slider than Singer. And I like the floor a little bit higher, too, pitching for the Dodgers as opposed to the Royals. We have a lot more to talk about, and we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp.com. 
ccpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Kodai Senga against the Phillies, 5.1 innings, 2 and runs. It, it worked out, I guess, but 8 base runners and 6Ks. This is fine. Still a weird fork ball, and I guess he's getting better with a four-seamer and uh, cutter slash slider. But, yeah, I don't really love doing this. I mean, I guess the Brewers next to me, I think you're going to go for it, but it's just, ugh, it's it's purgatory where I think it's more of like a, a not even a pease. It's uh, it's a poor execution of stuff. Just... A cherry bomb, really. Uh, Logan Webb threw 50 change-ups for the third time this year, and I don't know if there's anyone else who's done it. Thank you, uh, um, Alexander Chase, for looking that one up for me. Against the Diamondbacks, got the win. You just keep going with them. It's great. I don't know, 25 cold strikes on the slider is absolutely insane. Zach Eflin got a poor, quali- a very poor quality start, I should say, against the the Tampa Bay, sorry, the, the Royals for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think it's just kind of a showcase of that Eflin is very good, but he's also not that electric type that will just completely soar when facing that weak lineup. Exactly what I was talking about with Dunning. But hey, this is cool. JP France went against the Dodgers and got a very, very poor quality start um, with four strikeouts. And honestly, yeah, we don't really expect much from France there. So whatever. Kyle Freeland, whatever. Patrick Sandoval and Coors, whatever. Absolutely was not good. And of course not. Wentz didn't get the same foul balls, which I know is very strange, but because of that, it was the balls in play as opposed to getting into deeper counts for strikeouts, and thus he didn't do well against the Twins. I think that was Noe's last start. We don't go for those strikeouts, that ninth strikeout game again for Joey Wentz. James Caprillion is very interesting. Uh, for the second straight start, he lowered his velocity about a tick on the fastball and the slider, but allowed him to throw more strikes, and because of that, he had eight strikeouts here against the Jays, but it was six innings, four and runs, six hits, one walk, because it's the Jays. Now he gets the Yankees and the Tigers, and that might be kind of sneaky for 15-teamers to go chase Jimmy Hatt. Um, James Caprillion, though, in 12-teamers, maybe not something that you want to do. Shane Bieber, five innings, four and runs, five hits, two walks, and eight Ks. Really, really awesome stuff. 35% 15 whiffs. Why? Because last time we saw him have nine strikeouts, it was with the Kurt cutter in the forcing, which is not the way to go. Only five on the slider then. But this was the slider going seven for 19 whiffs and the curveball going eight for, sorry, six for 18. That's legit. Both of them had an over 40% CSW. And it's forcing at a 27% called strike rate. This is classic Shane Bieber. Now, is that going to stick around? I want to say it's a tiara that is the uh, turnaround right away for Shane Bieber, where now he's done this. He's at the plateau again. But I don't know. Uh, this is the most believable start. I know it's four and runs and seven base runners and five, so you still have some concern, but no, no, no. This is the most real Shane Bieber start we've seen in ages. So I'm as excited as I've been all year for Shane Bieber right now. I just can't wait to see what's next. It was the Brewers, though, and maybe the Brewers brought this out that we won't see another against other teams. Chris Bassett, very disappointing against the Athletics. It was really funny. Inside of the Pitchless Discord, someone asked if Tyler Wells or Chris Bassett are better. I said Bassett because of just the track record, while a staffer said Tyler Wells, and you should listen to my staffer instead of me. Tyler Wells is better right now than Chris Bassett. Three for 20 called strikes on the sinker is just not it. Five innings of four and runs against the Athletics is not it. He still has a fantastic schedule. I think Chris Bass is good. I mean, he's essentially like a Toby slash Holly. Like, he's pretty much a Holly. Um, but that means like he should be above a 20% strikeout rate. But yeah, he's he's more disappointing than we want him to be right now. At least the fastball velocity was a little bit higher, though. So that's at least a good sign. Luke Weaver, absolutely not against the Atlanta Braves. And of course not. AJ Smith-Chauver went against the Reds in Great American Small Park. And honestly, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. So you really didn't really expect him to do well. Still, a 43% strike rate on his secondaries as change, curve, and slider all combined is really, really bad. And to see then that he had to throw these bad fastballs, which were like either really in the zone or not, not not good. 
He's 20 years old. He's going to go through ups and downs. He's going to be volatile right now. I'm not saying that he can't be good next start. I don't think that this is the start we see every single time. But showcasing this, saying like, look, this is part of what I am, is very concerning, even if this was against the Reds. So I'm not, I don't feel like you need to hold on to AJSS in your leagues right now. I'd rather chase Gavin Harrison, for example. Kyle Gibson against the Mariners. Three innings of five runs because you can't predict what Gibson's going to do. Zach Davies is not very good. Same with Patrick Corbin and neither is Zach Greinke. And you don't want to hold on to those moving forward. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have Max Scherzer at the number one spot because he's going in with today with Carrasco going tomorrow. is a late change. Make sure you have Max Scherzer in your lineup. Pat Lopez, James Paxton, Merrill Kelly, Freddie Peralta, Bryce Miller, Jose Brios, and Bobby Miller. Lance Lynn and Justin Steele and Tanner Bybee and John Gray are the probable starts. Questionable starts is Reese Olsen as a stream pick of the day. With Dean Kramer as Valdebaida, all those can do well against pretty weak opponents. I mean, Minnesota is a little bit better than the others of Seattle and, and the Marlins. And then the do not start is Luis Severino against Texas. I'm just really scared about that one. Um, Adam Wainwright, Sean Manaya, Christopher Sanchez, Ronel Blanco, Griffin Canning. Oh, he's in cores. Josiah Gray against the Padres. Brian Hoeing maybe against the Pirates, but I don't really love it anyway. It's Brian Hoeing. Uh, Hogan Harris, Jared Schuster, Yanni Chirinos, Graham Ashcraft come back from the IL, which is pretty cool. Uh, Chase Anderson, Jordan Lyles, and Matt Waldron, who's making this MLB debut for the Padres because Ma- Michael Walker is hurt with a shoulder with shoulder fatigue. Matt Waldron has been terrible in AAA and he's a knuckleballer. So yeah, uh, we don't trust a knuckleballer. Tomorrow starts. We have Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler, Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns reverse those last two. Corbin Burns above Dylan Cease, Tyler Glasnow, George Kirby. All really obvious auto starts here. I think still Cease's side has been amazing. Don't worry about the recent starts of Glasnow. Well, you also have Marcus Stroman, Bailey Ober, Yuri Perez inside that tier, and Hunter Brown at the end because he's against the Dodgers. That's it's obvious. Uh, probable start here, you have Charlie Morton, who's inside of Cincinnati right now. So I don't know. That's pretty scary. Luce Kikuchi's gang is breaking balls against the, athletic, the Athletics. That could be really good. Stream pick of the day, barely at 20%. Is Seth Lugo against the Nationals. I really like that. Get him out on your wire right now. He's a Toby, uh, I think, at, at minimum right now. He could be a Holly, and he goes against the Nationals. That's really good. Tony Gonsolin against the Astros. Not really that fun, but as long as he commands decently well, I think that should be fine. I think if you have Tony Gonsolin, you're doing it. Nathan Eovaldi is not starting tomorrow anymore. It's going to be Andrew Heaney. Uh, if Andrew Heaney, I didn't update, I literally did this as a podcast is going. So Andrew Heaney is going to be in the questionable start tier. I'll talk about that in a second. Johan Aviedo against the Marlins and Aaron Savali are also here in this tier of the probable start tier as you go against the Marlins and the Brewers. Pretty obvious. I think Johan Aviedo has been doing well enough and it's the Marlins. And Savali is a Toby against the Brewers. Questionable start tier, I'd say Kyle Bradish against the Mariners. Cutter Crawford against the White Sox. Michael Lorenzen against the uh, Twins. Yeah, let's say Mackenzie Gore against the Padres and then Andrew Heaney against the Yankees. Gore's been doing really well with elevation uh, and the secondary stuff down. Lots of strikeouts. Don't think it's going to stick, but it's against the Padres. Very risky, but I can see how that could work. Same kind of thing with Andrew Heaney. Uh, Why is it Michael Lorenzen in the other tier? Because Twins have been actually kind of good. So... Uh, I felt like he was a step down from Savali and Aviedo uh, against much better matchups. And Cutter Crawford could do well against the White Sox. He did get more pitches and tossed much better last time out. In the do not start here, Anthony Descafani against the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are good, and Descafani has not been. On the other side of that is Ryan Nelson against the Giants, and his secondaries have been atrocious. Even with the last start, don't do that one. Same with Carlos Carrasco against the Phillies. Matthew Libertor is not doing any of the good skills that we like that he gained uh, as he goes against the Cubs. Tyler Anderson's in cores. Daniel Lynch is going against the Rays, and he's a fastball changeup guy now. I don't buy that. Luis Medina against the Jays. Could go six innings for a poor quality start against the Jays. Abs- I, no way. You're not going to do that. Ben Lively against the Atlanta Braves. He's been terrible with the slider lately. And Austin Gomber is in course. All right, that is it for today. Sorry for the very, very quick podcast. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babs be low and your strikeouts high.